think we ended on going to Robert Alvin's seminar and uh, Riley's up on stage. Correct. And yes. once again, there's an audience that exists. Well, yeah, of course. Alongside. There's a seminar. <laughs> You're going to get sound affected or muted. One of the two. Really difficult to play a tabletop role-playing game when you mute the GM. Find a way. I have to get ready to use my girl voice. That's my secret captain. I don't have one of those. Yeah, we, we, we've been aware. Yeah. Um, you know, really delivering that celebrity in a voiceover role performance. <laughs> Listen, I agreed to play a role-playing game, not to act. That's You didn't agree to role-play? Oh, role-play. Not acting. It's because Aaron is a role player instead of a role player. Oh, yeah, one of those fuckers. I run on dice alone. Would you rather we play some sort of Grognard game? <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is your host and keeper, Kat. Thanks for your patience over the last few weeks. Things have been hectic and work has been really draining for me. I'm not going to promise that we'll always do our bi-weekly release schedule, but I am going to do my absolute best to get back into that groove. I'd also like to take this opportunity to bring you up to speed on a casting decision. Emma has decided to take a step back from the podcast for the time being. With her departure, we'll be adding a new third member to the cast to round things out. Please join me in welcoming Lulav to the Disaster Lesbians family. You'll recognize Lulav from her two previous appearances on this show, and possibly if you listen to Unsound Theories, her appearance on Unsound Theories. Um, she'll be joining us for our next arc, and I'm very excited for what she's going to bring to the dynamic of these characters. Expect a main feed episode where we play Session Zero with her character coming soon-ish, but in the meantime, we have this week's episode to get to. First things first, though. If you're on Blue Sky, you can find each of us individually at our usual handles. If you miss the shit posting, you'll find it on Blue Sky. We also elected to create a new Tumblr blog, but Tumblr hates trans women, so don't go on Tumblr. If you don't use either platform, but still want to keep up to date, or just prefer a newsletter, email us at admin at dangersquare.ca with the subject line, Danger Square Newsletter. That'll help us gauge whether or not we also want to start making an email distribution list so that you can get all of those announcements to your inbox if social media isn't your thing. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your biological family, or your new co-star of the podcast who you also have just recently started dating. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features, but whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, let us know via Skeet or Tumblr message and you get a shout out on the show. Now, without further ado, let's save the world. So um, what I would like to do before we get started, so Aaron can finally catch up, is 
um, some end of session experience. We've done three episodes within this mystery. I think that's a pretty good time for us to get some experience. So, did you conclude the mystery? No. Okay. Did you save someone from certain death or worse? Don't think so. Did you learn something new and important about the world? Yes. I would say so. I think Riley learned a considerable amount about how to use lawyerly language around the Fae. <laughs> Um, did you learn something new and important so about we, one of the hunters? Do we mark an experience for saying yes? Or uh, yeah, because there you would you'd be maxing out at two, so it is just one experience. So mark one experience, um, and then if you have upgraded or have reached your full track, I assume Riley, you've done that at least once. You oh. filled your track. Uh, yeah, I'm at four out of five on my second. With, with what the was one the first I just thing marked. you took? What was the first advancement you took? You should have that marked on your sheet, too. Oh, I think I got distracted trying to look through other playbooks. And there was one I wanted to take. Um, Do you want to take yeah. a second to figure that out while I oh. interview Aaron about this? Yeah, that'd Aaron, be great. Cause... Where are you at on your experience track? I'm two marks into my first. You've only failed twice? Yeah. Wait, Good. but you no did way. you add one for the learning something new that we just said did i learn something new oh you kind of taught me those rules huh yeah yeah but that's like a t it's a it's a team question you and also from the other side like you kind of learned some sort of magic exists true that was like the very beginning of this adventure but i would that's important. Count that. yeah oh my god i've gone through all of the roles and aaron you have literally only failed twice <laughs> <laughs> it's um but no, at the conclusion, you should have you should have marked experience at the conclusion of the first mystery. Well, we didn't do a conclusion oh, of the first. We did, yeah, we didn't do that at all. <laughs> I thought I, t I thought I said we were going to do that off mic. And then I guess we just didn't. No, we didn't have time. <laughs> OK, well, how much would that have been? <laughs> Um, I mean, you concluded the mystery. You learned something new about the world, that magic is real. You saved someone from certain death yourselves. I think you would mark two for that, which would level Riley up again. And would level so, you from wait, up why, once. What do, you, what do you mean mark two? Sorry. Mark two oh, experience. Like for that whole section of questions, the most you can because get you, is two. Because Yes, correct. Because if you do three or four yeses, you get two. If you do one yeah, or two yeses, okay. you get one. So yes. there were three yeses, you get two experience. So Euphrema, you have leveled up one? I've leveled up once now. Okay, then I'd say both of you can... Let, let's figure out what those okay. new so, things are. Um, I, yeah, I am taking angel wings from the... <sighs> divine playbook unless that's a problem no it's just cringe well it's the name of the move we can <laughs> did you sell yourself to, like... to miss mrs davis i'm lost you should watch that show it's called mrs davis it's very good um jesus is in it he makes falafel mm -hmm. okay so what does angel wings do so angel wings is from the divine playbook yeah i forgot we're doing this like on a recording and stuff um, you can instantly go uh, anywhere you've visited before or to a person you know well. When you carry one or two people with you, roll plus weird. On a 10 plus, you all go where you wanted. On a 7 to 9, you didn't quite manage it. Either you are all separated or you all peer together in the wrong place. 
Okay. So, so you've I got can... Castiel teleportation. Yes. I I think thematically, it. I don't want... I suppose I'm so, sort of conceptually, but less um, from an abject horror perspective. Like, kind of <coughs> like the river in um, lock Gideon. Tomb? Like Gideon the Ninth. Yes, that's why I said the lock tomb. Oh, the lock... Yes, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, where like... I, I sort of figured out how to sail myself, the, as it were, yeah. in, Dip into, into the flows of magic, into the uh, heavy side layer, um, as it's canonically called. Yes. Canonically, um, the, the aura of magic that surrounds the world is called the heavy side layer. Quite frankly, some of these moves are fucking buck wild. I feel like the initiate, I guess like, yeah, anyhow. Uh, so now I'll think about my second move. Okay, Euphremo, <laughs> what are you thinking about for your first improvement? I'm going to take another searcher move. I like that. That's simple. I can read it off of your sheet. Yep. It's going to be uh, the things I've seen, which is when you encounter a creature or phenom- phenomenon, you may declare that you've do, seen it do, before. Do, do, do. The keeper may ask you some questions about the encounter and will then tell you one useful fact you learned. And one danger you need to watch out for, maybe right now. Oh, neat. That is cool. So you don't actually have to know what the creature is to declare that you've seen it before. Yes. <laughs> That's fun. I get to kind of throw my own bullshit into it, which okay. I do anyway That's with good. the amount of stuff good. I send you. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, like, the thing is, I know if you're throwing something into it, odds are there's, like, at least some level of mythological basis there's something, as Sam Winchester would say, in the lore about it. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think all of us are at some level, at least for at least for me, I am trying to like make this stuff feel grounded in like actual folklore and stuff like that. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. vampire rules are sort of a mess, and there's no actual like. That's, he, there's that Tumblr post about um, how the vampires don't follow real vampire rules, and then it's like, bestie, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> um, so, like, we'll have, like, certain things, and there's there's always going to be a twist, a slight bend to the way these things work. Like, whatever the creature may be, we're not going to, like, you know, there's, there, like, there's alternative rules for the monster that you guys are currently dealing with um, that I made up that are definitely not actually part of what is about that monster. Mm-hmm. I think my second improvement is going to be taking the sacred oath move out of the um, initiate playbook. Uh, which reads, you may bind yourself to a single goal, forsaking something during your quest. Uh, E.g. speech, all sustenance but bread and water, alcohol, lying, sex, etc. Get the keeper's agreement on this, it should match the goal in importance and difficulty. While you keep your oath and work toward your goal, mark experience at the end of every session and get plus one on any rolls that directly help achieve the goal. If you break the oath, take minus one ongoing until you have atoned. That's uh, so you're just accelerating your leveling even more. Well, I thought. <laughs> no, I, I, I like it. I like from, it from a because... flavor perspective. Like I'm so <laughs> bound to Order of the Aries anyway that like I don't feel like this is out of no and bounds. I, I, I want to be clear. I'm teasing. Uh, I am not because I think 
the thing that you forsake is going to have to be commensurable to earning that experience point. Of course. So it's not going to be like... And when it says end of every session, it's not going to be the end of every recording session, presumably. Right. Like, yeah. Right. Because we're we're clocking in somewhere, like, I'd say it's probably about three recording sessions, or like three recordings to one session thereabouts if we were playing traditional, like, sit-down four-hour RPG. As we get started, uh, I would like to... Just begin with having Riley or Euphrema, one of the two of you, roll to read a bad situation. Isn't that the thing I failed at the last end of the last session? Yes, it, okay. it, it is, in fact. But we're going to do this again because I realized that I forgot a specific rule that is unique to this enemy, this monster type. Good lord, Erica. <laughs> Would you like me to also roll it? Please. you from it is paying attention. I, that's an eight for a mixed success, at least. Okay. I didn't add the plus one from my new thing because obviously I haven't taken any sort of... An oath, yeah. Oath, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start with what happens to Riley. You've come up on stage and you've been brought up as a volunteer. You see this other secondary audience and you do that move to read a bad situation. And as you go and you look out at the crowd and everything like that, suddenly your vision goes black, completely black, and you feel the presence of a soft silk cloth over your eyes. Uh, And it takes you aback and you stumble a little bit because there's a very sudden cloth over your eyes and that's a little freaky. And that causes you to trip sort of on your own shoes. And you fall down, like, hard on your butt. I wouldn't say it rises to the level of, like, one harm, because that would be absurd. But it does get a pretty loud laugh from the crowd. Joy. I'd almost rather just take one harm. (laughs) Um, Now, with Euphrema's role, with that eight, while you are reading a bad situation, you just, you see Riley fall down. She hits her ass on the stage. There's like a really loud, like echoey thud because the stage is hollow underneath because it's one of those like risers yep. that they do conferences on. <laughs> and not only do you laugh, you laugh so hard that you start very loudly snorting. <laughs> okay. Like it's, it's not the kind of thing that you find this funny ever, but in this moment with this situation, it is too funny for you to not just like fully piggy snort with your laugh and everyone turns and stares at you. Uh Uh-huh. And you get like a shh from a busybody looking woman who's sitting two rows ahead of you. Um, You're going to take minus one forward on the next move. Okay. So what's happening here is that there are special rules for this monster that I have completely neglected till this point. Um that tie into the corpse tracker which is currently at two out of seven ticks riley a hand reaches down to you and you are helped back to your feet there's a reasonable amount of laughter at this um you somehow intuitively know that the person who is cackling and snorting is in fact just euphrema 
No, that fits. Um, oh, it's a it's a very it's a very witchy sort of cackle, and you're like, oh, Euphrema. I, now you're just um, making fun of me. I suppose I check to make sure I haven't dropped anything. Mostly, like, I have a small... Like, most of my stuff from the Order is ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. ancient metal armor and a very large axe. Uh, But I do have a small uh, blessed silver knife from them that I just kind of... I think it's basically, it's in my pocket. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I want to make sure didn't fall out, I guess. Yeah, so is it like a... do you have like a foldable blessed knife? Because I think that would be kind of delightful. Um, I guess I had pictured it as like a stiletto, but I think the idea of a yeah, like a a little a little pocket like, knife that's silver and blessed is pretty amazing, actually. That's like it's very it it fits into the it fits into the like toolkit of the modern monster hunter is yeah, a yeah. a folding knife made out of silver. Uh, that, that's actually quite delightful. Um, yeah, no. So, like, you 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 give yourself a pat to check all your bits and bobs are in place, and they are. Like, okay. the truly the only consequence of this is that you have been embarrassed in front of a crowd. Yes. So, as my rather gymnastic companion has proved, we are constantly performing for an audience. The key to this performance is in the perception. The perception of power, the perception of intention, the perception of knowledge. For example, have we ever met before? Yes. And when did we meet? Uh, yesterday on the floor of the convention. So would you say that we know each other? Um, we aren't, like, friends. Have you told me anything about yourself in the past? Um, I think my name? Yes, you have given me your name. Ladies and gentlemen, please, a round of applause for Ms. Riley Knutson. And everyone goes, politely claps. Uh, but no, I don't think... You like Italian food? That's about all I've got. And you have a predilection for Gilbert and Sullivan, as it would seem. Uh, true. I guess we did talk about Gilbert and Sullivan. So. Is, is there some amount of light? Like, am I in black from this blindfold? Is it is it more just kind of gauzily? It's more just, yeah, you're getting like, it's it's definitely not intended to be like completely blocking out. It's, it's not a blackout blindfold. Right. It's okay. more just a like, like a veil. Sta- like stage, stage lights. blindfold. Yeah, you're Stage still getting... lights are still present. I can sort of orient myself. Yeah, you, you're making okay. you're like you're able to make out some shadows and stuff like that. Cool. But like okay. now, we were talking before about the perception of power. You know what I know about you. They know what I know about you. What they don't know, and what you don't know, is that I know more about you than you think. And the way that that's achieved is by allowing you to give me information without you knowing that you've given me information. When I say we are all performing, it is my job as a psychic to perform for you the perception of power by taking those things that you give me and giving them back to you. Let's say, for example, that I know that you are faced with the conundrum of the expectations and the weight that's placed upon you by your birthright and your desire for freedom. What does Riley's face do? Um, I think try to keep as straight-faced as possible. Sure, but how good is she at that? Um, probably not great. (laughs) 
She's an emotive human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, and for the for the train, they would definitely pick up like a you know a twitch of surprise mm-hmm. or like taken aback. Now, to my audience, you'll notice that when I place the blindfold upon her eyes, we've removed the visual perception of the performance. And by doing so, the emotions are more clearly written on her face. I was right when I said that. I was right because that is true of nearly every human who has ever existed. But I was right. She told me that. That is where the psychic's power comes from. That subtle communication that nobody knows they're doing. Riley, you may take off the blindfold. I do. Now, I will tell you something else about yourself. You are unintentionally a nosy person. You find yourself investigating things that you never really wanted to, putting your nose where it doesn't belong, and then reaping the consequences. I'm going by Erica's face, not as as the reaction for Riley's face, which is very clearly struggling to keep it together. It, yeah. Like, trying to figure out if this is a threat? (laughs) Now, see, even with the blindfold off, her face is telling the full story. You can disarm by getting to the point with a pointed, direct, and often quite embarrassing question. It's It's about lowering the defenses. He's still presenting this to the assembled psychics. Yeah, I'm... No, this is Riley. (laughs) Is, Is your thesis that being psychic is a trick and there is no such thing? In fact, yes, it is. I, it's my first time. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I don't... Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mentalism is an art form. Claims of the supernatural, the paranormal, the psychic, those are not provable. What you can prove is the techniques of a mentalist. Now, the question then becomes, what value does our profession have as psychics? Riley, what do you think? You've just had the blindfold removed, as it were. If this is all fake, what value do we have? I mean, as someone once said, I think the Bible? A fool and his money are soon parted, right? Um, I think you'll find that that might be one of the rules of acquisition from the Ferengi from Star Trek. (laughs) My dad did watch a lot of that. Right. Well, Well, that's embarrassing. Um, But I'd imagine... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have you, the crowd and Robert Alvin are all laughing to be clear like not at you but very it's, much that's like that's totally out of proverbs isn't it <laughs> it may be but it is definitely also a rule of acquisition fair um i'm sure there's a money is wasted on fools is that proverbs or is that that's proverbs for... okay it might have been hmm Oh, there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it. Never mind. So it's not actually, it's... It might have been a thing from... It might have been from Hamlet? (laughs) Either way. Um, uh, we don't need to worry about I I think Polonius says it to Laertes, Mm. but it may also be a rule of acquisition. (laughs) Let's just go with it. In this this universe, it's a rule of acquisition. That is pretty funny. Um, so I would say... It's an effective career if you know how to get away with it. And like any entertainment, you're giving people an experience. You're making them feel emotions. That's the value of art, right? Not to get too deep with it. I just In fact, you are in exactly the right place to get deep with it. Yeah. Um I I mean the reason we as people 
seek out art is for those experiences, for the things they induce in us. Where they move to the sublime, to borrow a phrase from Parfit. I don't think I know that one. That one is just me using actual um, parts of my degree for the first right. time in an actual play podcast. Well, and yeah. I had a, I, my philosophy minor was focused on aesthetics. So mm. I have a, I have a, a okay, very robust yeah. knowledge of aesthetics, which is why I'm this way about art. No, I, I think that's amazing. And I mean, part of library science is sort of a philosophical, like, why is it important that we collect and sort and make accessible mm-hmm. not only information, but like stories, right? Right. So I think that's kind of where Riley's On coming point from. point for Riley, yeah. Yeah. So what you've just told me, Riley... Is that you've studied library sciences. I mean... Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. The impression of power. Okay, so what gave... I mean, anyone who's taken a class in aesthetics, or frankly, like, philosophy of art... That is what aesthetics is. Well, yes. That was kind of a clarifying statement for the audience. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) I.e. the philosophy of art, I suppose, if we were getting getting Latin with it. Um, And I always do. (laughs) What specifically told you library science? The way you mentioned stories. Hmm. Philosophy of art, aesthetics, concerns itself primarily with, at least to a larger degree, defining what visual art is. When you get to stories, it's usually someone who is a writer or someone who is a cataloger of stories. And you, with tremendous respect, do not have the bearing of a writer. Is that fair? It's a question of ego. Um... Yeah. Okay. I'll take that as a compliment. Um. What? Do you? Uh, sorry. Lost my train of thought. That's okay. No, this is Riley. Um. Bright lights. Big I, city. Woo. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. So, Riley, how would you like to learn to harness these powers, these abilities of perception? I, I don't think I have the time to dedicate to your craft. That's the thing. Much of this is easy. In fact, if I could have another volunteer. And the sycophants raise their hands and he calls one of them up. Now, I'm going to give you a question to ask this person. Would you introduce yourself first? Uh, yeah, my name is... (laughs) Bill? Bill Tower? I'm sorry, that's a Keith Carberry voice. I can't do that for this podcast. (laughs) That's such a dumb voice. I need to differentiate the voices, though. Okay, help me come up with a voice real quick. I mean, Aaron could play Bill. Aaron, will you play Bill Tower? Sure. He's a doofus at a psychic convention. Mm-hmm. All of this has gone over his head so far. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you please introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, yeah, I'm Bill. Uh, Bill Tower? Welcome to the stage, Mr. Tower. Riley, I'm going to give you a question to ask our good friend, Mr. Tower. You're going to tell me what you see. He whispers into your ear to, um, ask him where he last lost his keys. Bill? Yep. Where Where did you last lose your keys? Oh, if I knew that, I would have found them. Okay, so, <laughs> what you glean? Um, Bill isn't organized? <laughs> now, take that thing that you have picked up on and make an inference i (laughs) if you'll allow me bill yes do you find yourself getting lost 
frequently? Oh, yeah, all the time. Like, even getting to this here convention was a bit of a struggle. Oh, the jug handles. Yeah, they're a real nightmare. So then, Bill, there's someone in your life that you lost. Not to death, per se, but someone somewhere within your life has left. And I get a sense that she was important to you. Is that correct? Uh, well, yeah. I'm very sorry about your divorce, Bill. Uh, uh, thanks. Yep. Now, do you want to know how I did that? You're asking Bill or Riley? (laughs) Riley. Oh, um... Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Am I Fuck able it. to spin right now? Or have I entered the no spin zone? You are in the no spin zone. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the cryptid that is Bill O'Reilly has trapped you in his no spin zone. I can only move Forward and backward. Mostly backward. That's not true. You can only move right. <laughs> um, it seems like you looked at his left hand and there's still a callus from a wedding ring. Oh, yes. In fact, that is one of the things that I noticed. See, you're already halfway there. Thank you, Bill. That'll be all. He just kind of walks off stage You may take a bow if you'd like. So, did you get a sense for the performance Bill was giving? Um, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> That's a reasonable thing to say if you don't know the answer. Bill's performance was one of someone who wanted to be on stage, right up until the moment came for him to get on stage, at which point fear, nerves, took over, and he froze. Bill's not someone who likes the spotlight. Apart from your initial mishap, you've comported yourself well on stage. You're someone who has experience, as we know from your history with Gilbert and Sullivan. It's all about the power of minute observation. And that is the key. That is the trick. That is the magic of the psychic. So, with all that said, I will send you back to your seat, Riley. Uh, Thanks. And I will continue with my presentation. He goes on further about like disproving the ways that people engage as psychics with their like with with their marks in effect the whole thing which was supposed to be just a like a regular talk is him just blatantly dismantling the whole industry <laughs> on a live stream yeah <laughs> not what i was expecting and you leave feeling a little bit gross not because of your time on stage but because of the ways in which you feel already subtly cheated by the people that you've interacted with. Nobody really feels good about how this ended, especially not the people who now very much want him dead. (laughs) And you are let loose into a very chaotic convention center where patrons are asking for refunds from the various people whose booths they've visited. (laughs) Oh no... Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Is there anything you would like to see before we move through the rest of the day at the convention and into the evening? Maybe an update on Tarot by Tara? Yeah, I should probably check in I on them. Did did the second audience disappear after my blindfold was removed? Oh, no, they were still there until you got off stage. Okay. Did Bill uh, see you did them? Roll very badly on the read pad situation, oh, which is why you yeah. got nothing out of that second audience. No, absolutely. I rolled mediocre. Um, did I get anything out of it? Yes, I don't think in you've fact, seen them. <coughs> oh, sorry. 
Um, for your read-about situation, because we didn't quite resolve that, um, there is a danger you haven't noticed. Mm-hmm. The danger you haven't noticed to this point is very specifically a threat of what I would call reciprocation. Very similar to the card on Tarot by Tara's table. The, the five of club cups? Clops? The, yes, the, <laughs> the five of clubs. The five of clops. The five of I, the clump. Clumps. Aaron, <laughs> I'm going with Erica's joke because yours was too disgusting. Good. I also I, couldn't remember the name of that Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> Meet the clumps? It's the clumps. Okay. Aaron, on the other hand, made a very, very, very painful reference. Because I knew only you would get it. Yeah, not one I understood. Good. <laughs> You're better off. For any of our listeners who do get Aaron's joke, sorry. <laughs> it's your own fault. <laughs> seek seek God? Yes. Um, or failing that, you can, I guess, go to Nightmare Moon. <laughs> anyway. I mean, okay, we're not going to get into the theology of Equestria. We'll do that on a different podcast someday. <laughs> sure. But yes, so the the idea here is that the threat is reciprocation, that the ways in which you try to harm someone will come back to you. You know, it's it's very like threefold law. If you put harm into your intention, then the harm will come back to you threefold. It's it's pretty much that, but manifest in the way that this monster is interacting with the world. I see. Which is to say you probably should not go loud on this one because that's maybe not the yeah. safest thing to do given that, you know, you might get stabbed by your own knife, for lack of a better term. But I will also update you one more time. The corpse tracker is at three. So, you are found by Madame Maya after the conference lets out, or after the the panel lets out whatever you want to call it like sorry i only know these terms from anime con seminar i got there after the seminar lets out i think uh, i think you referred to it as a keynote last session after the keynote gets out you are found by madame maya like is she just waiting for us outside or like there's like you know people are milling around and she comes running up to you like a little bit out of breath and panicked i she's gone she's just Gone. Okay, you mean Tara? Yes. Okay, she's gone? Gone where? If I knew, she wouldn't be missing. She's just gone. Okay, missing Her keys are still there. Her keys are still in her room. Her stuff is still in her room. Phone, wallet, cash, everything. She's just gone. Oh, oh geez, okay. Fuck. And we checked the windows and the door was not opened at any point last night. The police came and reviewed the security footage and everything. Just checking She's moves real quick here. Gone. Mm-hmm. Also, did you know that you don't have to wait 72 hours to report a person missing to the police? You don't? I called because I was worried, and they were like, well, you should have told us sooner. Oh. I, oh, I'm glad we got that figured out at least. Yeah, I guess. Really heartening to know that... I'm sorry, I'm not upset at you. It's just... People don't vanish like this. No, no, they, they usually don't. Usually there's something going on. I was wondering if I could use a move here. 
I would love for you to use a move here. To investigate a mystery. And I get minus uh -huh. one on this, you said? Yes. I got to make success with a seven still. And I would like to ask what is being concealed here. I think there's like, very specifically, um, you pick up a... What what kind of equipment do you have? Um, like in terms of monster hunting equipment. Well, look. The I think Google it's sheet. your investigation tools are ghost hunting tools and cryptid hunting gear. Yeah, I think there's an EM spike when Madame Maya says she's just gone. So it's so you, your friend would have like the K two in her hand then, probably. or like yeah, so probably or like maybe on her on her belt, like. I guess we were just in that conference and she was paying close attention to... Yeah, she'd probably help. have the K2 out in her hand just to, yeah. like, see if anything came up during the conference. Okay. Is the spikes continuing as Madame Maya goes on? Oh, very specifically, like, with the mentions of Tara by name, not just the various circumstances. Okay. Is it when Maya says it or when anyone does? Because... From a headset. Well, you can test that. Okay. And it is when anyone does. So, like, I'll just, like, we'll shortcut that. It's when anyone does because I I imagine you from would notice and then test that hypothesis immediately. Yeah. One other quick one here. So, like, your friend will have, like, it out displaying and mm -hmm. pointing to it. So, um, so Yulia has gone missing. Spike. Okay. So it's either name. Good to know. <sighs> we do with this. It seems Ephraim is going to, like, tell Maya and Riley to come a little bit closer. Maybe talk quieter in case anyone around is listening and they get too excited. Mm -hmm. Okay, so getting EMF spikes whenever Harry's name is mentioned. So something unseen is going on and she didn't just leave. I don't know if she'd still be here, if she's been, like, fade away somewhere. Uh, is that a... She has phasing. <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you mean by fade away like by the fae fairies not not that's... not gay men like little no, glowing no, creatures I, no yeah i that's a thing that happens yeah i I've... i i think she's specifying f-a-e apostrophe d yes. not f-a-d-e yeah, no, no yeah okay i just want to be I, clear we're again, just like it sorry. does sound like fade away like you're okay, yeah, no, michael jordan in the 90s you know no i understand the words you're saying i just as we've established don't know any stories about have you ever heard fae. of like a changeling um sure like um when a baby's stolen by fairies. Oh. Yeah, a child is stolen by fairies and replacements put in in its crib. Yeah, they think that's like a old explanation, like a folk explanation for autistic kids. I didn't know that one, but... It's a little fucked. A little bit. Well, I mean, if you look at the treatment of anyone yeah. who's not normative over the course of... Anyhow. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Idea. Like, watching the EMF again. So, Tara, watch for Spike. Mm. Is that you? Mm. Uh, are you a ghost? There's a lady next to us really enjoying her leftovers from... <laughs> <laughs> the Lucas. Mm. This garlic mm. bread is delicious. Mmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> that also 
so good. And we're just like, cat, what the fuck? <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do get like a beepy sound. I'll, I'll pull up a yeah, reader sound effect. So, are you a ghost? You get two spikes in quick succession. Okay. It's oh, we didn't lay out any guidelines for this. Two is usually yes, right? Looking at Maya, you get two quick spikes. Okay, so t- two for yes, one for no. Great. Um, yes, I was agreeing. <laughs> usually one for yes two for no i don't know it gets switched around sometimes so, okay so if we agree that two is yes then or is two no oh. <laughs> i'm asking cat <laughs> the, the, the i ghost, don't think you from a nose the, the spirit is confused oh, okay okay hold on um Tara, single spike. One for yes, two for no. Single spike. Thank you. Ask your question again. Hey, Tara, are you a ghost? Three spikes. Chicks with Dice is a part of Danger Square Productions. To support the work we do, visit our website, dangersquare.ca. Monster of the Week is written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. Remember, the best way to help the show is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods or any other podcatcher, or to tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is the number one way a podcast gains new listeners. Coming in at a close second are five-star reviews. The theme song for Disaster Lesbian's Guide to the Apocalypse is My Mom May Dom Spit in My Mouth and Now I'm a Kami by Over My Dead Name. Visit linktr.ee slash omdn for Allison's other work. This episode features Aaron Cotter as Euphrema Naylor. Aaron uses they-them pronouns. 40 Under 40 gay luminary Erica Belsauce played Riley Knudsen. Erica uses any all pronouns. It also featured me, Kathleen Hislop. I use it, its, and she, her pronouns. Until next time, keep an eye out for anything weird. 